This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside the one, the only, Nate Green. Nate, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Jared. Great to be here. Excited to talk a little Angels baseball because it's, base, it's baseball season, if you didn't know that. Baseball, Fun. baseball, baseball. Baseball, baseball, baseball. That is, that is, that is it. <laughs> so let's start off with a fun question, as always, trying to incorporate... You know, a little bit of a fun question here for us. So, which player in their prime would you rather start your team around? Which player, should I say? Duo. Trout and Clemens or Bonds and Pedro? Uh, oh, man. I, I'm i a huge Roger Clemens fan. He was one of my favorite pitchers growing up. So, I'm going to go Trout and Clemens just because uh, I am a, a huge Roger Clemens guy. I'm with you on that, too. Clemens was my favorite pitcher growing up as well try to copy him a little bit not the steroid taking but i did you know that was the guy that i kind of mimicked a little bit uh mechanically speaking and then i also i also mimicked pedro a little bit dropping down to that like weird i guess low three-quarter slot and the gross changeup that he had and everything so i don't know is there really a wrong answer here trout and clemens or bonds and pedro no is there someone you rather put in there in in this mix like is there another duo that you can think of like Harper, um, Harper and Scherzer. I don't know. That's not. That's not even close, is it? No, they're they're not in the that area code. I, I think you would have to. The only other thing that you would do would would maybe take add Kershaw and and take out one of the pitchers or something. It would. There's not really another offensive guy that you'd really throw in there. That's like, no. oh man. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, you could throw Randy Johnson. I think in the mix a little yeah. bit. With these guys, though, I mean, I guess if, I mean, Trout and Randy Johnson or Bonds and Pedro, Trout and Pedro, Bonds and Johnson, I don't know, it's, it's kind of fun, you, like you said, Clemens in the mix as well, I don't know. A-Rod a- and Kershaw, is that close? Yeah, you could probably throw A-Rod and Kershaw in that mix, I, I think, you could, that could be like a third option there, for sure, but I don't know, I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun, fun thing to think about, I guess, in a sense, and I don't know why I thought about that. I literally thought about that 20 seconds before we started the podcast. I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting question. I don't know which way this will take us, but I don't know. You know, I like Bonds. Bonds in his prime is stupid good. I mean, steroids or not. Yeah. No, even before steroids, he was a Hall of Famer. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I guess we can kind of go off on that little tangent now. I, I totally agree with you. I, Bonds 
Like that's how I would vote as well when it came down to steroids. And I I've said this before, but I I think like think about how how much war did steroids add on to a player's career? Like Bonds is still a damn good player. Like Bonds is still a 500 500 guy. 500 home runs, 500 stolen bases. Easily. Clemens still wins 300 games, you know. But the same yep. can't be said about guys like, I mean, Rafael Palmeiro is probably not a 3,000 hit guy. And I know those aren't, those are like the keys to getting in the Hall of Fame. And I know like that type of thing has been going away. But I mean, even Manny, like Manny Ramirez has kind of changed my mind because of how good of a hitter, like peer hitter he was when he came into the league. And then, I mean, I, I think a lot of these guys just kind of took steroids to prolong the inevitable, which was retirement. But they made them stupid good, like ridiculously good. Like you look at Bonds later in his career, putting up numbers that like shouldn't have happened ever. Like that's those are numbers you're not supposed to put up in your prime, let alone when you're 35 to 40. Like that's just not fair. And same thing with Clemens. Like Clemens isn't supposed to strike out what I probably like. He was probably a 21 win pitcher. He won Cy Youngs at the age of 35, 36. Like that's just stuff that shouldn't really happen. And I don't know. Like that's just my two cents on it. I think that, I think that at the end of the day, players that like, I take away twenty war on a player. I that that's that's my thing. Like you take away twenty war from Bonds, you take away twenty war from Clemens, and those guys are still Hall of Famers. You take away twenty war from Mark McGuire, and he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not really even close. So I don't know. That, that's just my sense. What's up? Sammy Sosa was the other guy I was thinking of when you were thinking take away war from him, and he's not even even in the Hall of Fame conversation. Exactly. I mean, he's still six, he's still 600 home run hitter. Still a great, you know, I think he's actually a pretty good human being as well. I mean, when it comes down to that, I know Clemens, I mean, not Clemens, I know Schilling has kind of gone out of that great human being at the moment. But when you look at Schilling as a player, damn good, damn good postseason pitcher, damn good regular season pitcher. And it's a kind of a shame what's happened after, but yeah, back to Sosa. You take away, you know, war. You take away probably 200 home runs, and it's like, well, he's just an average. He's Canseco in a sense. I don't even know yeah. if he's Canseco. He's a 60 war, and you take away 20, he's a 40 war. That's not a Hall of Famer. No, no. It's it's the Hall of really good, and nothing taken away from these players either. They're, they're all really good players. They're in the major leagues for a reason. But, yeah, you know, you take the steroids away, it's not as it's not as good of players. <laughs> but you take away the steroids from Bonds and Clemens and they're still some of the best players of all time. By far. Like without a doubt. And and yeah, I don't know if you have any two cents on it, but No, I, I agree with, with you. Those guys are Hall um the Bonds and, and Clemens are Hall of Famers, no matter what. And I, I think Kurt Schilling should be in too because like like we said it, it's not about yes we we want good people but like it's a, it's about who is the best baseball player. Um, you, you can't take away from Schilling. He was one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. Yeah, and I think that's why we kind of have the same view when it comes to like the political side of baseball. Like mm-hmm. if you're a, you know a good player in a sense, and stuff happens after your career, then that's that, that's not an issue. Like we look at it as a player. You know, I think that's what kind of people forget about. Yeah, you know, he's not a, he's a crappy human being right now and that's that's a fair analysis. He's out he's speaks a lot of not good things in the public and the 
in the past, you know, a few years. And it is what it is. You can have your take on it. I really don't have a take on it. I really don't care. But as a baseball player, like, Kurt, the, the Red Sox don't win the World Series if Kurt Schilling isn't on that team. And that's one of the biggest World Series wins ever, breaking the curse of the great Bambino. And, I mean, I don't know. That's just my two cents. Without getting really political into it, I think Schilling's a Hall of Famer, even though his political views and everything on the side and after baseball kind of suck. It is what it is. You know, I, I, I have no no nothing else on it. That's just my Hall of Fame view and oh, nice nice interesting topic to kind of start off with. So guys, we have a fun rest of the show planned for you guys. If you could turn on the subscribe button to this podcast wherever you're listening to it so you can get updates of when we are posting our podcast for you guys to listen to. As always, guys, please, please, please follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look us up, Talking Halos, and follow us there. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tims on Twitter. You can follow Nate Green at NateGreen34. And if you guys had any questions or comments about the show or you know just want to say hi to us, send us a message on anything. Uh, we reply to everybody. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm on social media way too much and... I probably am addicted to it. I probably have a problem, but um, I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. I apologize. <laughs> so, yeah, send us a message on there. Say hi. We'll try to shout you out on the show like always. And, yeah, give us one second to pay the bills. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to just pull the covers back over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. They work directly with the manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without those luxury level markups. And Brookline is much more than just sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and so much more. So go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code BUDS, B-U-D-S, to get 25% off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, you get free shipping. Check out the description box for more, but that's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code B-U-D-S, all in capitals, to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, you get free shipping. All right, guys, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk a little bit of Angels baseball. And we got some news, a lot of news. Actually, I have like eight or nine notes here of news that I'm kind of catching up on in a sense. I know I'm a little bit late to the game on this stuff, but wanted to go over it because it kind of segments us into our first kind of topic of the show. And let's just jump right into the news. Luke Bard is day-to-day. I forgot exactly. I didn't see exactly what happened to him, but he's day-to-day. It's kind of started off this spring a little bit slow. Alex Claudio, who had the hip infection, is good to go. We'll see him, I would assume, this week at some point if we haven't seen him already, and Brandon Marsh hasn't hasn't been throwing because of a shoulder injury, that's why he's been DHing, I think that's kind of a well-known thing that's happening right now with the Angels, Brandon Marsh has just been DHing, but he is expected to start a throwing program here fairly soon, Brandon McCurry has a strained UCL, he's going to go get a second opinion, somebody who's fighting for a bullpen spot this year, signed a minor league deal with the Angels over the offseason, um, Packy Naughton is starting a throwing program soon as well. One of the Angels' top p- pitching prospects. The Angels r- um, acquired him from the Reds for Brian Goodwin last off se- last season. The Angels did DFA Gerardo Gerardo Reyes 
but he's also getting a second opinion. I expect him to clear through waivers and be outrighted to the Angels minor leagues because of the injury at the moment. I don't think they would be able to do this any other time, but it does also it cleared up a 40-man spot, which will be interesting to see where the Angels go from there. And finally, Dylan Peters and Aaron Slagers are having back spasms. I don't know if it's at the moment right now as we speak, but that's why we haven't seen too much of them lately. So, Nate, is there one thing that we see in common with all of this news? Typical Angel news. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Um, a lot of pitchers on that list. And there that's you go. A lot typical. of pitchers on that list, isn't it? Yeah. Are we worried about this? Oh, absolutely. Always worried when it comes to the Angels and pitchers. I mean, we, we've talked about this before. The Angels, their key is on the mound. I mean, we know they're going to score runs, and that's not going to be an issue. The key is on the mound. And can these guys stay healthy, and do they have enough depth? And I think that's something that I've been preaching a lot is they don't have enough depth, in my opinion. I would have loved to see them go get one or two more guys, like on a minor league deal, like a Jeff Stamarja who's still available. Or somebody like that. Um, because, yes, they do have depth, but it's a lot of young depth. And that scares me. I'd rather have one veteran who's like, hey, if something goes wrong, we can turn to this guy and let him ride. But, um, yeah, that's big, big news for me. Yeah, I, I agree. It is worrisome. I think in the bullpen it's worrisome because this is a lot of what the Angels signed this offseason or traded for this offseason. Sligers, Mercury, you know, Luke Bard hasn't pitched all that well. He's been an angel for a while now, but he's fighting for a bullpen spot. I know that the main pitchers in the bullpen for the Angels, we haven't heard too much injury news from, which is a very good thing at the moment. But the depth is starting to kind of worry me a little bit in the bullpen. And I don't know. They need. I, I think they need to go sign some more guys for this bullpen. I, I don't think they have enough depth. It's not... It's very worrisome to me. I'm not worried about the rotation. I really am not because, you know, one through six right now is looking good. I know that Alex Cobb had some mechanical issues go going on, and that's going to be a work in progress. But one through six is pretty solid. You can throw Berea in the mix. You can throw Sandoval. Suarez has pitched pretty good this, this spring. So, I, I mean, starting pitching-wise, I am okay. I'm really fine with it. There is, they are... 15 deep starting pitching-wise. They, they really are. They can go pull from that. It's the bullpen that's going to really start worrying me. And at some point, you need to go out there and look at some type of reliever help. You really do. And I haven't pulled up any. I don't know, Nate, if you can quickly pull up some free agents that are still available. But You need to pull it up. Shane Green's still out there, and that's unbelievable. He should not still be out there right now. Exactly. You might, honestly, at this point, I don't think you can get him on a minor league deal. But you can get him for about $5 million, and there's no reason why you can't go out and spend that type of money to go and get him, especially being that Perry Manassian was with Shane Green for the past couple years and built a bullpen basically around Shane Green, to be honest, one of the better relievers in baseball over the past five years. And, I mean, there's Jeremy a lot Jeffrey of... was just uh, released from the Nationals. He was very good for the Cubs last year, has some closing experience. That's another guy you could go get. And he signed a minor league deal, so he probably would take a minor league deal. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. And, I, I mean, the depth is going to worry me. I think it's going to worry me all year in the bullpen. Something that we're going to need to talk about almost every podcast is going to be the bullpen and how it's working. And I, I just, I'm worried right now at the moment. I know we're early in spring, and... Everybody's like, Jerry, don't worry about it. It's spring training, blah, blah, blah. I'm worried about it right now. I really am. And I can tell, I think you're kind of worried about it as well. And it, it's, 
I don't know. I, I don't know where the Angels go with this. And I had some other people text me about it too. It's like, man, I hope that nobody gets hurt because this this depth is not very good. And we're kind of seeing it right now. If yep. an, if Iglesias got hurt right now, who do you turn to for closer? You know, if if or who fills in at all? Like you can bring up Jake Reed. I'm a big Jake Reed fan. I'll say that Oliver Ortega maybe. There are some interesting options there. Faria is going to probably make the team out of out of spring. Uh, Junior Guerra is probably going to make the team out of spring. I guess you can throw Patrick Sandoval in the mix in the bullpen. Like I said, Berea is going to make the team more than likely unless they're going to let him go, which I don't see that happening. So I I don't know. You know, there's a lot of questions to to be had right now. There really there really really is. So I I'm I am kind of worried about the bullpen. And I don't know, Nate. You have two cents on on this whole thing. Yeah, we still haven't seen Rivera. Uh, hoping to see him this week, and I'm really curious to see what he looks like. Is that a guy that can really help bolster that bullpen, or is that a another Luke Bard situation where we selected him in the Rule 5 and basically have to end up asking if the team wants him back or if we can just buy him? So that's another guy that, that could be in that bullpen mix, and I'm really interested to see what his stuff looks like. Yeah, another guy to, to bring up there. He had a, the visa issue coming over from everything that's been going on. And I, from what I heard, he's been in camp. So that's a good thing. At least he's here. He just, I don't know how it works. I'm assuming it's like a work visa. He just can't, and I'm in air quotes, work because he's playing baseball. He can't do that yet. Um, I'm sure he's been throwing bullpens. I'm sure he's been doing everything that the Angels have wanted him to do. And I'm sure... Coaches have seen him. I'm sure everybody has seen him. We just haven't seen him on TV yet. And like I said, I, I would assume we see him at some point this week. So, yeah, I just wanted to highlight the bullpen right now because that's very worrisome to me. There are a lot of injuries right now at the moment. Maybe some are minor injuries with the back spasms. And Luke Bard was day-to-day, I think, with some type of back issue as well. So, I don't know. I just wanted to highlight that because that's a lot of depth right there. And I don't know where that you know, Herrera Ray is one of the guys who was like, well, he could make a opening day roster, and Mercury's now out with an elbow, and I don't know, you know, you, you can tell in my voice, I'm, I'm, I am fairly worried about this, and that was one of the big things that Perry Manassian has been known for, is building pretty good bullpens, and all of a sudden, now we're worried about the bullpen, which the Angels had the biggest issue with last year, when everybody was worried about starting pitching this offseason, right? Yeah. So. I was worried about pitching in general, but yeah, a lot of people wanted the, the good starting pitcher. Yeah, and everybody wanted to go out and spend the big money on Trevor Bauer, and I didn't. I, I think we are we're both in agreement here. I don't think that was the right move, and I think that the money should have been spread around a lot better. And that's kind of what they did. I I like again. I liked what they did this off season. I think they did it with average players, but I like what they did. They were able to fill all the holes that they needed, and. You know, I think we can talk about the 2022 team coming up here in the next couple weeks leading into spring because it's kind of fun what the Angels can play with and the money that they're going to have. But yeah, as, as far as this year goes, I'm very worried about the bullpen. I think I've said that like eight or nine times so far, and I'm going to continue to preach it as, until we have some healthy bullpen pieces. I, I, I really am. Or I'm hoping that the Angels go and sign somebody. I really, really am. So Shane Green. Osuna either and he's still out there but yeah there's there's definitely some guys who are available that you can go get yeah so on to our next topic and that is of course the always fun time here Otani time 
Nate, what have you been most impressed with the first week? This has all happened in the first week, by the way. Shohei Otani hit a 468-foot bomb, absolute bomb, tanked to dead center field. He struck out five players, and five batters in one and two-thirds innings, if that my math is correct. That is, all the batters that got out were by strikeout. Yes. And then he also ran, and I, I have confirmed this now on a slow-motion camera type of thing on my phone, a 3.93 to 3.95 home plate to first base time. That's stupid fast. What are you yeah. most impressed with there? <laughs> That's it's, stupid even, it's a stupid question, isn't it? Like, no, all three of those, it's like, wow, that's unbelievable. And honestly, it's not even going to be any of those three. I'm just, I'm most impressed with the way he's going about his business right now. It looks like he's having fun. It looks like he's back to what we saw his rookie year where he's kind of like, hey, this is fun. I'm, I'm here playing big league baseball. And just the poise he's playing with. I mean, this is stuff that we saw his rookie year, um, all of it. I mean, you saw the speed his rookie year. You saw the the power, and you you saw the pitching ability. So I'm not really um, impressed by one of those things. I'm impressed by all of them. But I think the poise and, and the the way he's going about his business has been the the most fun for me to see. Just because, I mean, you you know what it's like as a pitcher. How hard is it to be like so locked in that you're flipping the baseball up in between pitches because you're just so locked in that you know, hey, this is fun. Like that does not happen. It's it's turned from a job to a game for him again. I think yeah. the last couple of years it was kind of a job in a sense, and jobs aren't fun. I mean, sometimes they are, but when you turn it into a game, that's what I did actually all the time at work. Side note on that, I would turn my job into a game, and I would have so much more fun. Like I had to push carts in at Target all the time. Not fun. I'd make it fun. I was like, all right, I'm pushing in. How many carts can I push in at one time? You know, like, how close can I get to hitting this car without hitting the car? Side Sidebar on that, I never hit a car. Just want to say that. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's having fun right now. I think that's the big key. And, damn, I mean, all that in one week, that's impressive. I mean, I, I can't pick one either. I was impressed with, like, he got thrown out on that 3-9-3 to first base, which is damn hard to do, especially on that ball that was that he hit. Ball off home plate, big hop, second baseman for the Mariners. I don't know who that was. Made a made a hell of a play to get him. Who was it? I think it was Haggerty. He started second. Yeah, yeah, hell of a play to get that. That 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 it, any bobble and you don't get Otani, and he almost didn't get Otani anyways. But yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see Otani do his thing. And I mean, do we dare get into like a prediction here? How many wins? How many home runs? We're, I'm sticking with the the ten wins and the twenty bombs. 10 to 20. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't know. I mean, he's going to be in the MVP talk. I think he's going to get some MVP votes. I don't think he gets number one MVP votes, and I don't think he's a top three finalist, but but if he does what he's supposed to do, he's going to be in the MVP talk. You can't. The Angels are going to have three play, three players in the MVP talk this year, and he's also probably going to be in the Cy Young talk this year as well, if everything works out, because it's, it's stupid gross. Like, you're not yeah. supposed to do what he does. No. So... On to our last little bit of Angels baseball talk before I let you guys go. Angels outfield defense. I don't know if anybody saw this article by Jack Harris of the LA Times. Tip the cap to Jack, the new beat writer for the LA Times for the Angels. Uh, he's doing a great job there. So go follow him on Twitter if you haven't already. He gives a lot of great updates in spring training, and I'm excited. Hopefully, actually, I'm going to try to get him on 
this podcast because Angels fans need to meet him. They need to know what's going on with Jack because he just kind of came out of nowhere, took over for Maria, who is with, I believe, the Washington Nationals now as a beat writer for them. And, you know, congratulations to her. But, but yeah, Jack Harris came out with this article about the Angels defense. And Joe Madden is kind of pulling an old school technique here. And he brought out the, in air, in air quotes here, the Outfield Defense Bible which was written by Sam, I'm going to screw up the name, Nate, like always. His name's Sam Sublizio, I believe is how you say it. I think I actually said it right there. He coached with the Angels from 94 to 2008. He since then has passed away, unfortunately, but an old Angels coach coached with Madden, and Madden you know, had just great things to say about it. Go read the article if you haven't already. It's on the LA Times, but I just kind of want to get your two cents on because on the Angels' defense, first off, because it hasn't been great, any anywhere near great. You look at Trout has been an underachiever in a sense, and that's the, his big key this offseason has been, I need to do, be better in the outfield. We've seen Joe Adele in the outfield. We don't. I don't think we need to say anything else about Joe Adele, even though I know you want to. I, I think I think that we don't need to say anything else about Joe Adele. And Justin Upton has lost a step. That's fair. So, Nate, I just want to get your two cents on this because this is an old thing that Joe, that Joe Madden is handing out. This is 20 years old in the making. And a lot of this stuff came from when Sam played with Mickey Mantle in the minor leagues for the Yankees. So, that's a long time ago. And I don't know how much different outfield defense has changed really like i don't know if it, it can get really analytical besides oh, yes. I, bes- that, that's where i was going to go with it actually yeah I, I don't that's my thing though i don't know how analytical you can get with outfield defense minus positioning i think positioning yes that gets very analytical but in the outfield just getting good reads and getting good jumps on balls and making the correct play, making the correct throw to the base is the big thing. And that's what's been happening throughout major leagues for the past 100 years is do these outfield things correctly. So I, I kind of wanted to get your two cents. I know we both coach and we I don't really focus on the outfield too much. Actually, I'm never focusing on the outfield at all because I'm on the pitching side of things. And you've been a head coach, so you probably get this a little bit more. What do you think of using an older tactic like this for coaching the Angels outfielders? Uh, the Angels outfield, it's a little bit different. I would I would say the, the old tactics is just, hey, be athletic, be athletic. I think that's the biggest thing. With the newer stuff, it's like, hey, we want you in this spot, and we think that they're going to hit right here, and you really can't you're, – you're really not allowed to be athletic. It's more like, hey – we're trying to put you in a place where you're not going to have to move that much. And I think that's kind of where the Angels outfield has been because they've been very bad defensively. You look at, we, we talked about Upton losing a step and, and things of that nature. So um, I, I think with the young guys, it's really going to make a big difference. I think when you see Marsh up there, when you see Adele up there full time, um, I think Dex actually will be able to, to make that work as well. Um Upton's the one that scares me the most because his athleticism and everything just looks like it's 
it just looks like it's a tad behind from where he was when he was with Arizona at 19, 20, 21 years old. So um, that's my biggest concern with that. But I, I do really like going back to the old school way of doing things. And it looks like that's kind of been the way Joe wanted to do things all year. It's like, hey, we're getting back to that 2002 way of doing things where we're just going to be super athletic. We're going to steal bases. We're going to hit and run. Um, three, two, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of runners going, whether there's no outs, one out, two outs. Like I am really excited to see how this translates into the rest of the season. Yeah. The angels are kind of trying to flip the book now in a sense. I think they, we see a lot of everybody going to the new school stuff. I think the angels are really starting to kind of go back to that old school and see if they can be the first team to do it. Which, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm, I'm yet to be decided on that. Because I think that there are old school things that you need to take with you. But I think there's a lot of new school stuff that needs to be brought in as well. And that was one of Joe Madden's biggest things that I can remember in his initial press conference was, I'm not new school, but I'm not old school either. There's got to be a middle. There's got to be some type of middle ground. And I think that's what they're really trying to accomplish is finding that middle ground in a sense. And I don't I don't know. You know, that's that's going to be the big question of the year as well. We're going to see some different things. And I think you you mentioned, you know, the hit and runs, the st- stealing bases. I hope that we kind of see that come back a little bit in a sense because I think that's a big part of the game. And I think you and I both have that college mindset of go out there and any way to get, get a run across you know if it's bunting even though bunting wastes an out and nobody believes in bunting anymore even if it's steal a base and stealing bases could cause you to waste an out you know take the extra base go first to third you know those little things that on the offensive side that you know major league baseball has kind of gone away from so I think there's got to be some kind of middleman I think that there is a time to bunt I don't think bunting is always necessary but I think there is a time to bunt and I think there's also a time to steal bases. And I think you agree with me. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get technical, you look at 2002 when they were in the World Series. I think Erstad bunted to really get the rally going in, what was that, the, uh, the fourth, maybe, when Anderson hit the game, game-winning game double. I think he uh, bunted Exxon over to second. And next thing you know, uh, game-winning double, and they win the World Series. So I, I think it's it's important to know how to bunt. I don't think you have to do it every single time, but it is an important skill. Yeah, definitely. We see teams going out there now, and like nobody knows how to bunt. Nobody knows how to get the bunt down. And we can, I can even say at the college level, like I don't think we work on bunting enough. I, I don't think a lot of teams work on bunting enough. I really don't don't think so. You know, you don't see teams. I don't think we see teams go out and bunt during BP anymore. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. You know, I, I like when you were in college. Did you guys bunt in oh, BP? Absolutely. Okay, well, you guys were a little different. I don't think we bunt in BP at all. You know, we just go up there and take our hacks and we do our thing. So, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting concept. I think that there needs to be some type of middle ground in this whole analytical world that baseball is living in at the moment. And I'm a huge believer in the analytical side of things. I, I really am. I like it. But I think that there's got to be a middle ground. I think that we can't be completely analytical. And I think we see that with the Tampa Bay Rays. Hello, Blake Snell. And I think we saw that, we've seen that in the past with the Dodgers. And, you know, we text each other right away when we see it. It's like, 
well, there's the analytical side of thing. And I think like even during the World Series, the running joke was how many innings is a Rays starter going to pitch? How many innings is a Dodgers starting starter going to pitch? This that World Series was already played on on a computer. That's basically what it was. The World Series was a giant video game. Correct. It felt like though the Dodgers let Dave Roberts actually make real decisions in that because the analytics would not have left Julio Arias out there in that last inning. The analytics would not have said bring Julio Arias in in those situations. So I think the Dodgers kind of learned from their mistakes and they really were just like, hey, we we've got to actually play baseball here because we can't beat the Rays at analytics. They are the better analytical team. So I think that that did play a little bit of part into what we saw last year is Dave Roberts was actually able to manage. Yep, I, I agree. So let's jump on to our final thoughts. You, Nate, you got anything final thought-wise? Uh, nope, just uh, really excited for this week. Hopefully uh, we get to see some of these uh, some of these pitchers get healthy and, and throw some innings. Uh, I'm excited to see Claudio. I'm excited to see Rivera. So, yeah. Excited to see some of these bullpen arms. Me too. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what Shohei Otani does this week. I, I think that I don't know if he does can get any better, but it will be damn impressive if he does somehow get better. I think the command is going to be where he gets better. Yep. Uh, Pitching-wise, I think hitting-wise, he looks pretty good. As long as he keeps that front half in, you know, he doesn't start pulling out. And, yeah, you know, that's that's my final thought. I'm excited to see what Shohei Otani does this week. And see if he can, you know, best what he did last week. I, I, I'm really excited to see that. So, guys, as always, subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on all our social medias on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate Green at Nate Green 34 on Twitter. And guys, as always, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details.